Blog Talk Radio. There is a chance for the President of the United States to use this disaster to carry out what his father, a phrase his father used, I think, only once and hasn't been used since, and that is a new world order. New world coming. America will become increasingly vulnerable to hostile attack on our homeland. And our military superiority will not entirely protect us. Not protect us. Americans will likely die on American soil. And I believe it will also be said of this age, the first decade of the 21st century, that out of what is, will be seen as the greatest restructuring of the global economy, perhaps one even greater than at the time of the Industrial Revolution, a new world order was created. We have before us the opportunity to forge for ourselves and for future generations, a new world order. Now, get ready to enter the zone where real life is stranger than fiction. The place where the news may seem like a dream, and the dream may be a matrix of reality. Let us now expose all lie of the devil and bring to light all the secrets of the enemy, because God truth will set you free. John 832. You're listening to This Week in the Zone with your host and watchman on the wall, Phil Armstrong. <laughs> Phil Armstrong, and for a few minutes I'm going to be talking to you about um, Bible prophecy and what I um, feel that the Lord has put on my heart to <clears throat> talk to you all about. Um, today, um, I want to pretty much go into the last times that you will be spending here on earth. Uh, and uh, we, no one knows the day and hour, but uh, this is the time right now that uh, you're going to be most attacked by the enemy. Uh, Ephesians uh, talks about warring against principalities and powers, and um, most of the church don't know that we're warring at all. As a matter of fact, I'm going to go into a lot of things that the, the, the church doesn't know. Now, the body of Christ does. <clears throat> Excuse me. The body of Christ is the true remnant of God. Now, this what I'm talking about is the person who God spoke of in, uh, in the church that God spoke of in uh, Revelation chapter 3, verse 10. He says, I will keep you out of. And the reason why he kept them out of is because they kept his word. They kept God's word. Uh, Joshua was told to study God's law day in and day out. There are Christians that follow the Lord day in and day out. Now, there are Christians who backslide occasionally, but he will not lose those who are truly saved. Now, some people say, well, why did this preacher leave and never come back, and why did this individual leave and never come back? They were probably not saved anyway. I think it's, it's based off God's foreknowledge. It's not based off ours. 
So in other words, you walk into a church and they say, we are chosen, we are special, we have been chosen since the foundation of the earth. And they actually think that they got something up on another church, which they don't. God's foreknowledge, not our foreknowledge, says that he will never lose. And we don't know until the end. I, like if I'm walking down, yeah, I can tell a I can tell a tree by its fruit. I can tell a person by its fruit, but I won't be able to tell if they're going to come back or not. Or even, you know, so don't get it mixed up with you know grace. And it says some some pastors, you know, and I I know a lot of y'all like uh, uh, Charles Stanley, but. Um, when someone says something like, it doesn't matter what somebody does, they're okay, that's not true. So when I get back, I'm going to talk about some of that stuff. I'll be back. Big story we're following. New Yorkers can now apply for the new enhanced driver's license. People at Melissa Hunter's mind as he's with the latest. Melissa? Melissa, they've only been available for a couple of hours, but already more than 100 New Yorkers have applied for the new enhanced driver's license. Officials say that they'll make crossing borders like here at the Peace Bridge safer and faster. Now, starting June 2009, federal law will require you to either have the enhanced driver's license or passport to enter into the U.S. from Canada, the Caribbean, or Bermuda. Now, the new enhanced driver's license has a special radio frequency chip inside that will make it faster at the border crossings. Now, for a regular renewal, the enhanced license costs $80. That's $30 more than a regular license, but a passport costs more than $100. Now, a birth certificate will suffice at the border until June 2009, and it will always be accepted for children under 16. Now, it used to be that 8,000 forms of ID were accepted at the border, but come June, it, that number will only be six. But why should a traveler pick an enhanced license over a passport, a Nexus card, or a new passport card? Enhanced driver's license makes the most sense because it is a multiple use document. Again, citizenship, identity can be used for driving. It surpasses the other applications of all those other documents. And we encourage uh, residents uh, of the state of New York who are U.S. citizens to get them. We don't need to rush in today. Yes, it's an exciting day. It's September 16th. One of the first time you've to have one. I understand that. But you really don't need it until June of 2009. And once you apply for the enhanced driver's license, you should receive it in about two weeks. Now, when you go to the DMV to apply, you'll need to bring several forms of documentation. And so you're asked to go to the DMV's website or the Erie County Clerk's website to check out what those documents are. It'll make your time at the DMV a lot easier. We linked the Erie County Clerk's website to our website, WIBB.com. Reporting live at the Peace Bridge, Melissa Holmes, News 4 at noon. All right, thanks for the update on that one. October 30, 1991, President George H.W. Bush initiates the Madrid peace process to divide the land of Israel. On the very same day, a freakish hurricane, now known as the Perfect Storm, destroys the Bush vacation home in Maine. And the pattern continues. Each time America compels Israel to vacate its territory, our land is devastated on virtually the same day by Hurricanes Andrew, Katrina, the Northridge earthquake, and Joplin's killer tornado. Is this coincidence, or is there a spiritual cause and effect? In Genesis 17:8, God promised the land of Israel as an everlasting possession to Abraham and his Jewish descendants. That promise still stands. Those who bless Israel are blessed. 
Those who curse it are cursed. Author John McTurnan makes this open and shut case in his landmark book, As America Has Done to Israel, and the companion DVD, The Day of the Lord. For ordering details, visit John's online blog at johnmcturnan.name. I mean, I wasn't mad at them. 
as long as they didn't ridicule what I was saying, I wasn't going to read ridicule what they were saying. But I'm getting frustrated, really frustrated at the scoffers. And the scoffers are in the church, and they, and they go by the name of post trips. Scoffing, saying he's not coming back. Where is the promise? He's not coming. We got to go through the tribulation period first. Now, I'm not saying it's not those people who are not in the church. Definitely, I know they're scoffers because they make fun of Jesus, the second coming, the rapture of the church. Even Barack Obama had something to do with that a little bit. But here, here's what I, you know, see that the Lord is getting me ready for uh, his soon return. Um, I see the relationship among Christians kind of testy these days. We should. This is a time that we should be close together and not far apart. Um, be careful how you treat someone else. Because you might think that they're doing bad, you're actually the one doing bad. So just be careful how we treat each other in these last days. Uh, I I don't have the time to correct somebody. Uh, I think that people are, are most assuredly should be encouraging one another. The Bible says that when you see these things happening, encourage one another. Especially of the rapture of the church. Encourage that the God of Jesus Christ is coming back, and I see that a lot among pre-tribbers, is that we're encouraging each other. This miraculous uh, sign that the tribulation period is about to begin will be the rapture of the church. And when Christ comes and gets his on, everybody would know. It would not be a secret anymore. It would not be a mystery. I show you a mystery. We should not all sleep, but we should be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. 1 Corinthians 15. He is going to get to church. Are you ready? Will you be ready? Folks, the devil is going around like a roaring lion, seeking who he may devour. And Gay marriage is going to be looked at in the next couple of hours, next couple of days. If it passes, look out. I think God has already had it just in the days of Noah. Maybe that's a sign, huge sign. Um, so we have to, we have to, Keep an eye on <clears throat> these affairs that are going on in Baltimore. We have to keep an eye on these affairs in the lower southeast, southwest United States. So, is it going to be a rapture or not? Is it a pre trip or not? Um, they have all, all of the millennials, those people who say it'll all pan out. It's all going to pan out in the end. What a 
unexciting theology. It's all going to pan out. It's all going to work itself out. Pre-trip says that before the judgment of God, the judgment of man, the judgment of Satan, whatever you want to call it, Jesus is going to come get his church. He's going to come get his people. I do not have to sit up here and encourage anyone, uh, convince anyone otherwise. If you know that for a fact, I will encourage you. He's coming, and he's coming soon. But I do not have to sit up here and encourage you that the rapture is going to happen because you know it's going to happen. That's what the Bible says. You know these things. I don't have to tell you. You know it already. Day of the Lord should come as a thief in the night. It's going to come, folks. And for those who are not watching, you're going to be caught off by the prize. Now, does a person who says that the post-trib is not a pre-trib go into rapture? I can't say 100%, but I can say this. One of us is not going. Well, if a pre-trip rapture says that there is a rapture and there isn't, we get to join the post-trippers. And if the post-trippers say that there is not a rapture and there is, do they get to join the pre-trippers? That's the question. So in other words, if you're not ready, now, it, it, like, for instance, my son has a track meet or a soccer game, my daughter track meet, whatever, and we don't know what the, when the – now, if we don't know where the game is, eventually we can get to the game. But if we don't know what time it is and what day it is, we got an issue. I'm not talking about no man knows the day and hour. I'm talking about or no no kid knows the day or hour of the game. I'm saying we know the day, but we just don't know the time. Is that a big problem? No. Eventually we can call up the school. But what if no, you know, we just have to guess what day it is. Or the game is, you know, we, we're not we're not going to really tell the team what time the game is or what time the track meet is. We're just going to come by your house and say you have to be ready in an hour. You suppose they're going to be ready? Probably not. These are kids you're talking about. They're not going to be ready. So let's go to babes in Christ. Let's go to God's people. Are they going to be ready if you don't tell them? He says, be ready also, for the hour that you think not, well, what is ready? Let's go back to ready. Let's go back to ready. When you're going to run in a race, you get in a set position that's ready. So what if you have a bunch of people standing around and they blow the whistle for y'all to start running, and then y'all say, well, we wasn't set in, in, the, in the set position. We don't know what the set position is. But the set position is not just standing around talking amongst each other. Because once you blow that whistle, you guys aren't going to make you be ready for the run, for the run. I remember me and my sister, my my two sisters, used to go bowling with my my older cousin, Arthur Stevens, 
And um, that's way back there in the 80s, early 80s, maybe late 70s. And he's t- and he would come blowing on the um, on blowing the horn and calling this out to go bowling. And my sister was, you know, late girls are not ready. They won't be ready. And he, we had to sit out one time. We had to sit out there for 30 minutes just to wait for her. Was she ready? No, she wasn't. Did she know what time offer was coming? No, she didn't. So post-trippers need to know what time Jesus is coming. So therefore, they must convert into pre-trippers. <laughs> I'm just joking. But if, you're, if you love the Lord and you're a post-tripper, you're going to be ready, right? I need to somebody leave a comment. So if you're a post-tripper, do you go in the rapture? That's my question. I guess the the the, the title of the, the program was um, I hate when I'm looking at Facebook and the pages is just a jump. But anyway, let me let me look at some. I'm not gonna look at all the news, but <clears throat> let me look at some of the news. Um, there's so much going on that uh, I really can't keep up with everything that comes going on. So uh, I promise next week we're going to be doing a show probably every day. Um, i tell you what, what's been happening to me. I've been going through a trial in my family, and I've, you know, I've relied on God through this trial. And bless my wife's heart, it was more or less, it was kind of harder for her. But um, she... Uh, I had to be strong for her, and I trust the Lord the whole time. And still, we're still not done with this process. But yeah, it's been it's been hard for our family. I won't go into it, but it's been a test. And there's not one person in this world that can say the only thing somebody probably could say to me right about now is give me some encouragement and be truthful in my you know to me rather than some other magical way. Um, I think that God has a mission for all of us, and sometimes that mission may not be the mission that you think that person should be doing. But then there's people that that have a mission from God that, yeah, they need somebody to tell them, you need to be doing this or you need to be doing that. And they're truthful, and that's true. So... um, How do we get ready for Christ's return? The urgency is here. We need to be urgent. Um, right after I got through with this last few days, um, it was hard. But um, I realized that the urgency has to be here, and it's here with me. Yeah, I went to my church and I decided what I was going to do. There's a thing called Union Gospel Mission downtown. I was doing that a couple of years ago. I'm going to return back to doing that. But uh, I I go to work and I talk to the kids about God and you know and I put up the light and, and these kids are I mean these kids are teenagers and they're you know out, you know they have problems with drugs and alcohol and they're you know they're they're kids. They're, they, I mean, the Bible talks about in their minds are evil all day long, and that's that's all ages in this in this generation. That's for everybody. I mean, most of everybody. So believers and people with some good morals. 
uh, all day long there talking about nasty stuff, and they're their kids. They, you know, they even got girls there, and they try to, you know, it's funny because they sit there and they're trying to get a look at the girls. They're slipping notes, and they're doing it. And this is, you know, this is a treatment center, so you're not supposed to be doing that. So, But kids will be kids. But, you know, they notice that I don't cuss. I haven't said a bad word in that building the whole time. And they know, you know, that I really don't get into their conversations. And you have to be careful. Like in the military, when I was in the military, God bless my heart because and God bless the military at that time because I was able to talk talk to people about Jesus anytime I wanted. And I remember going on a deployment to Mongolia and Bangladesh and and going on deployments to Iraq and Kuwait and being in different hotels like in Singapore and in, um, uh, I forgot the name of uh, Pakistan. Well, it's not Pakistan, but it's outside of Pakistan. I uh, almost had it, too. I forgot it. But anyway, being able to go to different cities and places and, and witness to these people, um, you know, and even in 9-11, we were on a deployment, and we were in Louisiana at that time. And I, and, and, I, and I was blessed because I was able to talk to people about Jesus. And now you can't say anything. So, yeah, I was blessed. And then in Job Corps, I used to work at Job Corps, and I was also be a student at Job Corps. My my gospel is a little bit of bleaky at the time I was a student because I got my, my theology at first from the Jehovah Witnesses, and then it all cleared up once I became a staff. You know, I was able to get my own apartment, my own house, um, and then I had to roommate with somebody. It was a beautiful house. But um, I... Uh, I um, was listening to Jay Vernon McGee and a few other guys at that point. And yeah, they they whipped me back and they whipped me in the shape, and you know I was able to see. But you know I had a dream. Well, I was in job corps, and then we had a break. I was a student. I had a break, so that's when I first started, you know, following God somewhat, and I was um, sort of looking into Jehovah Witness. But I, I kind of veered off on that, and I started getting into the real Bible. And um, I had a dream while I went on vacation. And I, was, I didn't have a place to stay, so I slept out of the old military post. Um, I'm going to have a phone call, so I'm going to have to catch this phone call, so I'll be right back. Before I went to sleep, I was just 
thinking about God and stuff like that. And, I, and so I went to sleep, and I had sleep apnea at that time. And I started having an attack. And when I was dreaming, I literally saw a vision, a dream, a vision. Well, it was real. And it was a rock being smoted. It was an object being smoted by a rock, excuse me. And um, I had woke up from this dream, and the first words came to my mind was climax. So I said, climax? What does that mean? I was kind of nervous, and I was scared, you know, nervous because the dream was so real. And it was a rock smote the image. So I was being sarcastic with God. So there was a place called the Shear House down the street. And that's where I used to be homeless at before I got the job for it. And I was like, okay, so I was going to go eat breakfast in the morning. I said, uh, well, if God, if, you, if that was a real dream from you, wake me up at time for breakfast. And I was just being sarcastic. So I went to sleep, and this crazy bird woke me up. So I said, man, I cannot believe it. So I said, if, those, if they should serve me breakfast, then I, I believe you 100%. <laughs> so I went down to the share house, and golly, no, they were serving breakfast. And I'll never forget that um, time, that, that that day. And then today, to this day, he said, when, when I went to the library to figure that out, I heard God's voice say, you'll be here at the time of the end. You'll you be you be here at the time of the end. So the word climax means the end. And... Um, a little bit after that, um, make a long story short, uh, I went to the platform bank. And when I went out and lived with my mom after I worked at Job Corps, and I went back home to live with my mom. And um, I was, you know, drinking beer and alcohol. So um, I went to the plasma bank and to give me some more money to drink some beer that day. And this guy came in. So I, my plans on that time was to was just leave Pontiac, Michigan, because I was in Pontiac, Michigan now, to leave the city that I was raised in once again and go back to the east to the west coast with barely any money in my pocket. So anyway, I um, I uh, was sitting there in the plastic bank, uh, just minding my business, and this guy comes and sits in front of me. He turns around and he starts talking to me. And he says, well, what's your plans? You know, what are you planning on doing? You know, um, he introduced himself first. but And I was saying, tell him I was going to go to the West Coast and with no money in my pocket. And he's like, well, why don't you hold up, go, go home, you know, pray about it, and um, read Philippians 1.6. So I did that. I went home, prayed about it. And to make a long story short, uh, God told me to join the Army. So I joined the Army, and believe it or not, the first thing, I went to Hawaii, and the first thing somebody asked me, if I was to die tonight, where would you go? And I said, Polly Hill. And I, I prayed with him and didn't look back. Yeah, I had my struggles in Hawaii, but... You know, I don't have the same struggles I have today. I have different struggles, but the struggles I have today mostly hit little small ones. But um, God delivered me from everything, from pornography to alcoholism, and I to, never planned to go back to any of it. You know, I'm faithful to my wife. Uh, I 
you know, I I I I can't tell. I mean, for me, if I lie, I rem- remember the lie for. I can remember. I can remember my last three or four lies, and they span over twenty years. So, am you know, I say, am I a liar? I can't lie. It's hard for me to lie, you know, because I would have to live with it, and I would upset God. So, I mean, for somebody probably out there, if I said, "Well, you, we're under grace. You can lie all you want." Basically, that's what you're saying. Should I sin that grace may abound? Certainly not, sir. No, I shouldn't. Um, how are we ready for the Lord's return? You get ready. You look at yourself, examine yourself, make sure you're in the faith. Do you do you believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins? Do you believe he's both Lord and Savior? Do you believe that you belong to Christ? Do you believe that your life is offered as a living sacrifice? Do you pick up your cross daily and follow after the Lord? Do you follow the Lord daily? Are you are you going before the Lord when you sin? In First John one eight through one ten, He's faithful and just. One nine, First John one nine says He's faithful and just to forgive us of all our sins. If we say we have no sin, you make God a liar, and the truth is not in us. We're all sinners, but when we give our life to Jesus Christ. We have a relationship with God. Do you have a relationship with God? So to sum it all up, do you belong to Jesus? Is Jesus first in your life? Do you put Jesus first? No adulterer will enter the kingdom of heaven. No, no one who puts something before God. So He's coming back, and we must we must approach God as little children. We must approach God as humble. We must love the Lord and our neighbors ourselves. Is it hard to love the neighbors yourself? Yeah, it is. But ask God for strength. We are saved by the power of God. So if you have any habits and you can't stop doing something, ask God to help you. He will help you. We are in the last months. Believe it or not, it's nice and sunny outside where I live at. Beautiful. But I I I believe that the progression that's going to take place in the next couple of months will be explosive, to say the least. I believe that we're going to see the Psalms 83 war. We're going to see Isaiah 17. Psalms 83 war is a, a war, if you go to Psalms 83, a war between Israel and its immediate neighbors. Psalms 2 goes with it. They're crafty. They come together, they counsel together to destroy Israel. And Syria will be in it as well, but Damascus, Isaiah 17, will be no longer a nation where where we assume that Israel will destroy them and the whole world will get really ticked off. (laughs) They're already showing big-time signs of being anti-Semitic. As a matter of fact, the day of Christianity as as, Christianity, Huckabee says it's coming to an end. The criminalization of Christianity is coming to a fold. And after this this bill to legalize homosexuality nationwide shall come, I don't know if it's going to bring the total judgment, but I can tell you this. There are so many things happening right now that says to me that God is about to take his people home. And the tribulation period is about to begin. So if that's the case, 
if that's the case, we have to take a a bigger look at ourselves and our family and our friends and stuff. Could you be the go-between? Could you be the representative who prays for your family and prays for your friends and prays for those that you you know and come in contact with on a daily basis, weekly basis, yearly basis? You know, Facebook is a beautiful thing where you can stay in contact with people that you once knew a long time ago. Pray for those people. Because we are months away, nine years away. And if it's a year, it won't go too far. My best guess, uh, I, I I try to say, well, maybe a year, but I have a whole lot of trouble saying that. As a matter of fact, I have big trouble saying that. Um, President Obama had a dinner, an annual a roast. He, when he gets up there and he says stuff, and uh, he's got a little, little innuendos and little small, um, more, you know, codes that tell us, you know, he's supposed to be joking about the stuff, but he's not joking. Uh, I, I do believe he's sort of telling us what's going to come in the near future. So we we really need to be praying in prayer and in fasting. Uh, me, myself, I'm going to admit to y'all, I'm not a prayer, super prayer person, but right now, uh, to have a relationship with Christ, I am asking, you know, God to 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 work in me, uh, and I am coming to a prayer lifestyle, and I definitely read my Bible, and um, I'm telling y'all, prayer is work, but right now, I'm willing to work. Uh, starting Monday, I'm gonna be doing shows. Please believe me, you. And this is this is an urgent call. I, I work on um, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. So Sunday, um, my wife works this Sunday. She works. She's off every other Sunday. But every other Sunday, I'm gonna try to find a, a guest to come on the show. But you know what? I'm about. Ha- I, I I really would rather just do the shows myself. Um, but if I can find some guests to come on Sunday, that's fine. You know, I'm not the type of person who hold grudges, and I'm not the type of person who who uh, I, I just don't believe that. I, I think to have a temper and have people get on my nerves and stuff like that, yeah, they, they get on my nerves. People do get on my nerves. But I think I have to have a heart of love and, and a heart that has patience because, you know, Jesus had patience with me. Yeah. I have to have patience with people. It's hard sometimes, but I do, especially on Facebook. I mean, you get friends on Facebook who let you down just as quick as the friends in your face. You know, my my point is to not let somebody down. And if they misconstrue what I just did or if I'm not, I didn't, you know, that's that's fine. You know, but I, I'm sorry that I done anything in the past to anybody on Facebook. But you know, I, I don't, I don't really use Facebook. I'm, I mean, I'm there, but I'm not there. I don't get involved in the arguments about preacher, poster, mid-trip. Sometimes I do, maybe once in a blue moon. I don't get, I don't go and argue about gay. And you know, it's, you know, like this weekend, it's somebody said, pray for, pray that. Pray for the result of this thing of the 
of the gay Supreme Court going through. And I'm like, you know, okay, I'll pray for people to get saved. How about that? I, I have a hard time praying for for because eventually it's going to get passed. Why would I delay it? If I could, if I could, one prayer can delay it, would I actually delay it? And you say, well, how dare you? You're supposed to be caring about the people. What people? I mean, who am I supposed to be caring? I mean, if I pray that God will hold it up, for what? So the post-trippers can have some more time in the world? I mean, what do you want? I mean, for the world to just keep partying until, or should we just get this thing over with? You say, well, you have nothing to do with it. God, God is on God's appointed time. So why would I pray then if it's on God's appointed time? I'm praying that people get saved. I'm not going to pray that the thing, the homosexuality ban, we get some more times. For what? The biggest, the biggest, uh, and I'm wrong. I'm not wrong. I'll just say it. But uh, the biggest uh, evangelistical um Preaching is going to be in the tribulation period. So I'm praying that the people get saved, including people that are gay. I understand where y'all coming from. Y'all want to pray to delay it so we can do more work so people be ready. You know, and the most of the people that are doing that don't even believe in the preacher eruption. So, you know, I, I do believe that we should pray that, that God's will be done on earth. And, the, and it's his will. But eventually one day, just like he said in Joshua, he says, one day I'm not going to listen to that stuff, your prayers. I'm just going to go ahead and do the judgment. Because people say, well, the rapture of the church is imminent. The last days are imminent. Well, it's actually a timed event. Well, you say, the, well, okay, so if I say the rapture, the rapture is not, so, yeah, the rapture is a timed event. Well, what if I tell you the tribulation period is a timed event? I mean, I could be wrong, but I don't think God is just going to pull the Antichrist out of nowhere and just say, okay, it's your shot. The Antichrist is a, the Antichrist. He's not just a Antichrist, which there are many Antichrists. He's the Antichrist. He's the one that God saw before the beginning of the time because uh, God is omnipresent, omnipotent, omnipotent. He knows everything. He's everywhere. He's all-powerful. So he knows. Um, God is coming back for a church without spot or blemish. What does that mean? I think he's coming back for a church that is has a repentant heart, a relationship with him that is covered by the blood. Not somebody who has a relationship with them only when they need them or only on Sunday nights. Sunday morning, Sunday nights. But there's going to be some people who have apparently looked like they have a relationship. They go to church every day of the week, but they have something hidden where they're not obeying God. They really don't care what he's saying. They really, I mean, they just have no clue of what he's saying. And they really don't care. They Technically, they're going by man's tradition. They're going by something else. But I'm going to run upstairs and check on my kids. There's about 15 minutes left. I, they're kind of silent. So I will be right back. I'm just trying to look for something to play before. And um, 
The convergence of globalization and technology has created a new brand of terrorism. There were persons who, for whatever reason, came to view their home country as the enemy. The kind of right-wing, religious-based domestic terrorism. Disturbing news tonight about homegrown terror. Part of this is big change in the White House and cultural experience and some of the crazies are coming out of their closet. Right now it looks like there is no connection between the men arrested and any known terrorist cell. Homegrown. Uh, yeah, homegrown, I should say. Uh, folks, we've got a very serious situation here. I'm holding what is called the right-wing extremism, current economic and political climate, fueling resurgence and radicalization and recruitment. And in it, we talked about the fact that they define pro-lifers as domestic terrorists. They put this in a Department of Homeland Security uh, document, this official assessment, now saying pro-lifers, people that believe in end-time prophecies, people that are opposed to the administration's position on immigration, uh, those of us that are standing up for the sanctity of life and for the sanctity of marriage, all of those are now potential, and this is what they're saying, Domestic terrorists. It's a terrorist next door that could be our bigger threat. They call people who believe in the sanctity of life, who believe in owning firearms, who believe in serving their country in the military and coming back, who are very concerned about the policies that this nation is embarking on, spending too much money, taxing too much. It's all listed right here. These are the domestic right-wing extremists. One million names under the watchful eye of the United States. America's so-called terrorist watch list has hit the record number according to one of the country's most prominent civil liberties groups. That's a lot of people to keep track of. They're adding new people all the time. It's a secret list that you don't know really quite how one gets on and you don't know how you get off. Coming out and profiling huge groups of people, you know, if you voted for a certain political candidate, you should be considered a potential threat. And you couple that with things like the Patriot Act, where if you are a threat in their eyes, you can be held without access to judge, jury, and, and without access to a lawyer or even to your family. That's very concerning because we, we've watched our country go through and do this to brown people, you know, overseas. They're rounding up enemy combatants and they're putting them in camps and they are torturing them. That is a fact. We know that. In Missouri, a new document meant to help Missouri law enforcement agencies identify militia members or domestic terrorists has drawn criticism. The February 20 report called the Modern Militia Movement mentioned such red flags as political bumper stickers for third-party candidates, such as Ron Paul, who ran for president, talk of conspiracy theories such as the plan for a superhighway linking Canada to Mexico, and possession of subversive literature. So the, the state police in Missouri have been told that if you see a car with a bumper sticker that opposes the so-called... Okay, I have to stop that. Um... I only got 11 minutes and 42 seconds, but I guess that even though I'm talking about how to get be ready for Jesus Christ's return, uh, I think the biggest thing that's coming our way is uh, is Christian Christian prosecution. Now, I don't think the church is going to see it, but ex you know, excuse me for those people who believe that the church needs to stay here to be purified, and I have news for you: they won't. And I'm not going to say it arrogantly, but we're not going to be here. So um, if you plan on being here, if you, if there might be a chance for you to be here because you're not looking for like Christ. 
Um, it's based on the Jewish wedding. Uh, you have to do your study on the Jewish wedding, but um, the five uh, uh, versions, there are ten versions, five were wives. Now, notice they had oil on their lamp. So what was the, what was the lamp? What was the lamp producing? The lamp is producing light. And what was the problem that they needed the light for? They needed the light to find the groom. Because the oil was producing the light. The Holy Spirit was producing the light in the person. So they cared that they had the light. They were looking for the groom. So the... Now, remember, all of them were asleep because you remember just a year ago, I mean, a lot of us were looking for Christ. We were all watchmen, but a lot of us were still asleep somewhat. We we really wasn't clear on where, what was going on. We we didn't even, even after 2011, uh, and we were thinking common element was coming and all this other stuff, and we had those um, eclipses on the times of off, 2008, 9, and 10 in a row, and a lot of the better preachers bought into commonality. So we wasn't so sure that 2014-15 Tetras would be anything popular. And that was sort of like we were looking through a glass half dim. And the, going back to the ten versions, five had oil, five didn't. So who do you, who do you think is the pre-tribbers looking for? Remember, <coughs> they said the bridegroom coming. Five had oil and five didn't. Five were watching, looking. They had the light. They were able to see. And they went in. And the other ones didn't. So maybe that doesn't have anything to do with being able to know that he's coming. But if you're looking for the Antichrist, you're going to get the Antichrist. Is that true? I have. I don't know. Let me have some of your feedback. If anybody listens to the show, let me have a feedback on Facebook or on YouTube. Um, it's important that we do watch for the Lord's return. It can happen any day. I, I still believe it's a set, it's a specific set day. Now, if you tell the church that he's coming back, and it was 20, 30, 40 years, years ago, and you told the church he's coming back such and such, September 2015, how many people would be back then? I'll be back. I'll, I'll just stop serving God, and I'll be back then. And then when I'll, I'll get saved just slightly before, not even taking into consideration that they can die in an automobile accident or, then, or die of a heart attack. <clears throat> you know, I, I, I haven't been doing any radio shows because God was taking me, and I haven't been doing any YouTube or anything because God was teaching me something. I was doing something else. I was preaching the gospel to the people I work with and, and, and work with my family. But now... God wants me to get on here and be a watchman. Uh, so I'm going to be watching in the next 120, 180, less, less than 180 days. What is it, five, four months and a couple of days? Well, you say, well, you, you, I mean, for me, I, I look at the, um, Rosh Hashanah. And also, I'm also looking up for the last blood moon to be the start of the tribulation period or somewhere around there. And then I also am looking for something. Well, I'm not going to be here, but I'm pretty sure something's going to happen around the 23rd, and that will be Yom Kippur uh, or uh, the Day of Atonement. So um, we're, we're there. 
you know, I, I don't even see any true Christians looking for any other year. I, I think I think God has already warned his people. He would not do anything unless he warned his priests, prophets, and and this is it. He just did. So, um, Dr. William B. Mount on YouTube, he has some videos that some people are saying, well, he might be, he might, you know, might have something there. I don't, I don't know. I'm gonna watch him tonight. But in fact, somebody put him up on Prophecy Zone and check out our Facebook page. And I promise, um, starting Monday, we're gonna bring out our, our website. It's not gonna be close to the top Christian website. Not even close. Um, I'm just going to be putting my, um, it's going to be almost equivalent to my Facebook page. It's going to be me just putting news up, up there. And I, and I don't even think God wanted me to do anything with that website, which could have been a famous web, a, a big website because I stopped at 10000 And it only took me two months to get to 10000 Oh, It took God two months. But I think God wanted me to stop doing the website because I was all over the place and I was trying to get more websites started. And I think God just said, stop. And I uh, stopped. So, uh, well, I'm going to be using that as just getting the news out. And it'll probably be mostly news that's just absorbed off another website. I'm not going to be worried about, you know, Google rankings and stuff like that, especially if we're, we're at the, you know, bottom of time and things are going to escalate. Um, people, i got a few more minutes left. Don't, don't, if you're watching this radio show, listening to this radio show, don't, don't be scared, you know, Come to the Lord. Give yourself to the Lord. Um, the time is running out. You do not want to be here during the tribulation period. And they say, well, you, you're using this as scare tactics. No, I'm not. Just You don't want to be here. It's going to cost you your life. Not that you wouldn't, once you become born again, you wouldn't die for the Lord, but you'd rather be in heaven than make that decision. And one day when you least expect it, uh, all children will be gone. So if you have a kid, uh, kids that are under, I mean, this little ordeal we just had a few minutes, a few days ago, was pretty much uh, a test. That you know, I tell my wife, you don't want to be left behind because if we had this problem just recently, um, and your kids were, you know, you know, who knows. That's why we should we just, we should always treasure our kids and our family. You know, you might have a kid that's going rogue. You know, you know, pray for your kids. You never know. You never know. What just happened to us could have been easily a knock at the door saying our 19 year old was hurt is dead. I mean, you know, I mean, God forbid, or something happened to our daughter. She she drives kind of wild. I mean, she. I just we was going to drive with her. She we went up to take her back to school, and she drove the car. And she has so much confidence for a person that just started driving, and she's driving too fast. And my wife wouldn't say nothing to her. And I mean, I'm normally the one to say something. I'm trying to help my wife say something. I'm always saying something. So you know, you know, I'm the disciplinarian. So I was hoping my wife say something, and she didn't say nothing the whole trip. But I was like telling my wife today when me and her was riding in the car, we went to go get some chicken from this place. Uh, they're supposed to have some good chicken in Seattle, but it, to me it doesn't taste good with some of the other chicken places. But anyway, um, 
I'll tell my wife my my daughter can't drive. I mean, she don't drive that good. I mean, she thinks she drives good, but my daughter's always been someone who don't really listen well, and I think that's a lot of teenagers anyway. But, um, you know, this is a time to be joyous, full of joy. This is not a time to be moping because your honeymoon is over for this world. Uh, You need to let go. Hold loosely to this world if you believe that the Lord is coming back. Don't hold on to this world. Don't have no plans on I'm going to go to you know the university or such and such and and get left behind because if you don't put Jesus first, you can I mean you can make plans right now as much as you want, but you're going to be surprised to find out that your plans were in vain. Christ is coming back soon. Are you ready? If you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, this is the right time to do it. Ask the Lord to save you so you'll be ready for his coming. The trumpet shall sound, and he will call your name. So-and-so, come forth. And at the speed of light, you'll be up a twinkle of an eye. I don't even know if that's speed of light, is it? I know. But the Lord be with y'all. I mean, saved by the grace of God should be your goal. And to love your neighbor as yourself. God bless y'all, and y'all have a wonderful day. Um, Look for us to be back on. I'm probably going to show a couple of reruns this weekend, to, to, um, especially the ones on Bill Salas. And um, Joe Richardson, he's but um, I like to put him on the show just just to talk about the um, rape, uh, Islamic Antichrist. And then um, probably um, Terry James. But God bless everybody. Have a wonderful day. You have been listening to The Prophecy Zone on Blog Talk Radio. Be sure to check out our website at www.pzrn.org. Also, like us on Facebook at Prophecy Zone Radio News and at YouTube at Prophecy Zone. Be sure to check us out next time on the Prophecy Zone as we explore the past, observe the present, and hope for the soon future return of the Savior Jesus.